Good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys. I hope you're doing well this morning, and I hope you are ready because uh, we got a lot of ground to cover today. We're about to take a trip around the world. We're going to see what God is doing. We're going to see how we can be part of it. So buckle up, hang on, let's go. This is the final week of our series called To the Ends of the Earth. And at the beginning of this series, I had a recommendation for all of us. You might remember. My recommendation was for all of us to join the work that God is doing in the world. You know, in a small way, this kind of reminds me of when I was growing up. And my dad would be working on some job like fixing the car or planting a garden or building a shed. And Whenever possible, dad would invite me to join him in his work. Actually, invite is probably the wrong word. Command would would be more accurate. Um, As I look back, though, it's pretty cool that dad would let me be a part of what he was doing, even if my contribution was very small. Now, take that idea and multiply it times a million or a billion How cool is it that God invites us to be part of what he's doing? You know, uh, that's very cool because all of us want to live a life of purpose. And I think about this all the time. I have one life, and my one life is growing shorter and shorter, second by second. Statistically, there's a very good chance that I'm in the last half of my journey on earth. So I have to ask myself, am I spending my one life well or am I wasting it? The reality is it's very easy to waste our lives on trivial things, things that don't matter in the light of eternity. But if we want to live a life of real purpose, we need to step back and see things from an eternal perspective. And this is where it's really helpful to look at God's Word. You know, the Bible has a way of putting us in our place. The Bible helps us see that uh, we don't exist for ourselves. We're created by God and for God. The Apostle Paul says it really well in Romans chapter 11, verse 36. He says, For everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. All glory to Him forever. Amen. Let's slow down and, and let that sink in. For everything from planets to ladybugs to human beings, everything comes from Him. We didn't create ourselves. God did that. And everything exists by His power. Uh, There's an example I I bring up a lot. Right now, my heart is beating, but I'm not making that happen. I exist by His power. And everything is intended for His glory. My life is not about me. Your life is not about you. our, Our lives are about God. We exist for Him, for His glory. And if this is the case, if God is really the center of everything, what does it mean to live a life of purpose? If we want to spend our lives well, we need to get on board with God's purpose. And we've talked about this a lot over the last few weeks. In week one of this series, we said that God has a threefold purpose. 
His purpose is for people, toward himself, and against evil. Now, there's a lot we could say about each of those categories, but a couple weeks ago, we landed on a specific mission statement for God, and here it is. God has a mission to bring people of all nations back into a restored relationship with him for our good and for his glory. So what's going on here? First of all, why do people need to be restored to God? Many of you know the answer, right? People need to be restored to God because we've all sinned, and our sin severed our relationship with God. And the only way to restore that relationship is through Jesus. Jesus went to the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins. And because of that, God invites us to receive the gift of forgiveness and salvation and eternal life. So if you've given your life to Jesus, your relationship with God has been healed and restored. It's an amazing gift. And this is God working for our good. Why? Because he loves us. At the same time, God is also working for his glory. God is gathering worshipers from every people group in the world, and these worshipers will spend eternity praising God and enjoying his presence. And I've said this many times, this is where we all long to be, whether we know it or not. We will never be truly happy or fully at peace until we are in God's presence worshiping him. So this is what God wants. This is his mission. And throughout history, he's been working for our good and for his glory. And almost 2,000 years ago, God established the church to help him accomplish this mission. He didn't need us to do that, but he invites us to do that. And that's why every week of this series, we focused on one particular verse in the Bible. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This verse explains God's plan to partner with his church to accomplish his mission. If you've been here for this whole series, I bet you could almost recite this verse from memory. In fact, let's see if you can fill in a few blanks here. Remember, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. This is moments before he leaves this world. And here's what he says. Jesus says to his disciples, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my what? Witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In what city? Starting with Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You guys are doing great. Now let's go ahead and fill in those blanks. With these words, Jesus is doing several things at the same time. For one, he's inviting slash commanding his disciples to join God's mission. And then he's also announcing slash predicting what's going to happen in the future. And this is exactly how it's played out. The the church started in Jerusalem. It spread to the wider regions of Judea and Samaria. And then from that point, the good news of Jesus has spread out toward the ends of the earth. Of course, as we've been saying, the story is not over yet. The task is not complete. You know, here in our time, You might think that everybody in the world has at least heard of Jesus, but that's just not the case. Uh, Through this series, we've been using the phrase unreached people groups, and here's what that means. In an unreached people group, fewer than 5% of the population would call themselves Christians. Many of them haven't even heard of Jesus, and this is a tragic thing. 
Uh, out of 8 billion people living in the world today, over 3 billion are part of an unreached people group. It's about 37% of the world's population. A missionary teacher named Pam Arlen said it this way. She said, in the world today, roughly one-third of the people alive have said yes to Jesus. One-third have said no. And the last third say, who's Jesus? So from a global perspective, there is an urgent need to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. I mean, at the very least, people need to have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. At the same time, though, there's also an urgent need to share the gospel here in our local community. I mean, if you have a friend or a neighbor who is far from God, they need Jesus just as much as that person on the other side of the world. And that's why we keep talking about these circles of influence in Acts 1.8. Remember how this works? Jerusalem is the community directly around us. This is our local friends and family and neighbors. Our Judea and Samaria would be the wider region uh, across northern Kentucky, greater Cincinnati, and even beyond that. Now, the ends of the earth is still the ends of the earth, but it's helpful to think about that circle as unreached people groups. That's a priority there. But this is the plan. This was God's plan for the church in the first century, and it's still God's plan today. He invites us to be part of the work that he's doing in the world, locally, regionally, and globally. And here at Plum Creek, we're intentional about pursuing the mission that God has given us, leading people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. But before we roll up our sleeves and get to work, we need to do a heart check, There's a question we've been asking a lot lately. Where is my heart compared to God's heart? Are we in alignment? Well, the short answer is no. In this this lifetime, we'll never be in perfect alignment with God's heart. However, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we can grow in that direction. And as we read Scripture, the Holy Spirit will show us specific areas where we need to grow. For example, uh, Romans chapter 10. In Romans 10 verse 12, uh, the Apostle Paul writes, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, for the Jewish Christians in the first century, this idea was hard to accept. They were like, come on now. No difference between Jew and Gentile? Are you serious? That that went against everything they learned up to that point. But God says, yes, I love everyone. I want to bless everyone. And by the way, let's not pick on the first century Jews. This idea is hard for us to accept as well. I mean, are we more significant than other people groups? No. There's no difference between Americans and people from Africa or India or Japan or Saudi Arabia. I mean, God loves every person who is alive today. And he wants to bring people of all nations back into a restored relationship with him. And yeah, we struggle with that idea. So we need to ask God to help us see the world the way he sees it. Every person from every nation, rich, 
poor, male, female, born, unborn, infants to elderly, all people are incredibly precious to him. Each one is a person Jesus died for. Right now, God's heart is breaking for the people around the world who are outside of a relationship with Jesus. So we have, we have to ask ourselves, are we ready to be broken? Are we willing to grow more aligned with God's heart? If so, we will follow where God leads us, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even out to the ends of the earth. We just read from Romans chapter 10, and when we keep reading, Paul says this, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is what it means to be a witness for Christ. You, you share the good news with whoever wants to hear it. Now, I want to pause for a second. Let's think about how this plays out. What happens when my heart grows more in line with God's heart? What happens if I develop a genuine love for all people around the world and I have a burden to see all people restored to God through Jesus? And I personally want to be a witness and share the good news with as many people as possible. Well, when I start thinking in that direction, it gets overwhelming pretty quickly. I'm just one person. There are billions of people who need to hear the good news. But there's a saying I heard uh, years ago from a guy named Andy Stanley, and this has really stuck with me. And the saying goes like this, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Man, I can't do everything for everybody, but I can certainly do something for somebody. When you, when you look at it, there are several ways to be involved in God's mission. And I'll mention three options here. You can pray, you can send, and you can go. Pray, send, go. And when you break it down like that, it's possible to be involved in all of those circles in Acts 1-8. Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I mean, you might not be the one who goes to the other side of the world to work with an unreached people group, but you can certainly choose one missionary to pray for. You can also be a sender. You can give financial support. In fact, when you give here at Plum Creek, you are automatically supporting 10 different mission partners around the world. So we don't have to be overwhelmed. This is actually very doable. Every follower of Christ can have an impact locally and regionally and globally by praying and or sending and or going. Now, for the next few minutes, I want to share some specific ways that we can get involved. And I'll start with our Jerusalem right here. You know, if you hang around Plum Creek for any length of time, you'll hear about lots of opportunities to reach out to our local community. Uh, we have regular events like our monthly food share. Uh, we also have special events like a week of serving. And we just want to bless our neighbors in any way that we can. Sometimes we do that by meeting physical needs, practical needs. At the end of the day, though, our greatest need is spiritual. 
It's our need for Jesus. And that's why we talk so much about our ones around here. And in case you're not familiar with that language, your one is someone you know, someone in your circle who needs Jesus. This is a person that God has put on your heart. And that phrase, the one, is a reference to the story that Jesus told about the shepherd who had a hundred sheep, and he left the 99 to go find the one lost sheep and bring it home. Now, of course, we're going to have more than one one, but there's usually a single name that rises up to the top of the list. So maybe you're not the person who goes to the ends of the earth, but you can definitely be a witness, and you can go here in your Jerusalem. So what does it look like to be a witness to your one? Well, it's really not that complicated when you think about this word, witness. What does a witness do? When you're a witness, you just talk about what you've seen and what you've heard. So if your life has been changed by Jesus, just be ready to tell that story. And and along with that, you can pray for your one. God changes hearts. We don't change hearts. And then you can also take simple steps like inviting your one to church. Man, Easter is coming very soon. And you have that invite card in your bulletin today. So take that card and invite your one. The worship team has been working on Easter for a while now, and I'm really excited about what we have planned. It's going to be a very special day. But that's a simple way you can be a witness here in our Jerusalem. Now, let's go out to that wider circle, Judea and Samaria. How can we make an impact across northern Kentucky? Well, there are lots of ways we can do that, but in this series, we've focused on the ministry of Camp Northward. I've been a leader at Christian camps for decades now, and it's been amazing to see what God does at camp. For many kids, it's an experience that has a long-term impact, in some cases, an eternal impact. Now, just two days ago, registration opened for all the summer sessions at Camp Northward, and you can be part of what God is doing by praying for camp by sending kids to camp or sending financial support, or maybe even by going, serving as faculty. This year, three of us from Plum Creek are leading a session at Camp Northward. Uh, Jimmy Ranshaw, our next-gen minister, is leading a week for 5th and 6th graders. Mike Hall is leading the Treehouse Adventure for 7th and 8th graders. And I'm leading a weekend session called Parent and Me. I've done this several times now, and Parent and Me is a unique experience because parents and their elementary-age kids attend together. A few weeks ago, I asked a few Plum Creek parents to share how camp has made a difference in their families' lives, and uh, Nicole Nelson sent me a message about Parent and Me, and I'll just read what she wrote. Nicole said, I've absolutely loved the conversations that have started from our Parent and Me weekends over the last several years. Going deeper into Bible study with the girls has been a blessing that neither the girls or myself will soon forget. We've also loved the scripture that we have learned. There are several verses that we have committed to memory each time we've attended, and those will go with us the rest of our days on this side of eternity. It's powerful stuff. So if you have a young person in your life, I encourage you to get them signed up for camp. We have 
scholarships available for anyone from Plum Creek. And this is one opportunity on the regional level. Now let's zoom out to that third and final circle, the ends of the earth. A few minutes ago, I mentioned that Plum Creek has 10 different mission partners around the world. And I realize for most of us, it would be pretty difficult to keep track of 10 different partners in 10 different locations. I'll be honest, when I first came to Plum Creek, it took me about a year to have even a basic understanding of what Plum Creek is doing around the world. And because of that, I want to be realistic. I don't expect everyone at Plum Creek to have an encyclopedic knowledge of all 10 of our mission partners. However, let's remember that saying, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And I sincerely believe that every member of our church family can and should be involved in this third circle, either by praying or sending or going. And it may be wise to start with one mission partner or pray for one country or one people group. But how do you decide who to focus on? Well, this is where I want to give you some help today. Uh, As you came into the worship center this morning, you might have noticed something new on the back wall there. We've installed eight flags that represent the eight countries where we have mission partners. Now, in your bulletin, there's a key that shows which flag goes with which country. Um, But I'll just give you the names right now from left to right. On the far left, we have the flag of the United States. And it's in that position partly because of the official code. Uh, When the U.S. flag is displayed among other country flags, it goes first right there. But this also makes sense uh, from an Acts 1 perspective. In Acts 1-8, we've got our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. All of those are in the United States for us. We do more work here than we do in any other country. So that's the first flag in the lineup. After the United States, we had the flags of India, Guatemala, Nepal, the Dominican Republic, Myanmar. Uh, There's a flag of a country that I won't mention for safety reasons. And then finally, we have Australia down there. Now, moving forward, these flags will be reminders of our mission partners. And it's great to be aware of these eight countries, but what's actually happening in these countries? Well, this is the time where we're going to take a super fast trip around the world. Uh, We're going to make a a quick flyover visit to all of our mission partners. And we'll start with two global missions that are actually based here in the U.S. Uh, First, we have Disciple Makers International, uh, headquarters right nearby in Latonia. Uh, Disciple Makers is led by Tom Schneller, who is a member of Plum Creek. Uh, Disciple Makers, or DMI, they focus on planting churches among unreached people groups. And they work in several different countries. Uh, In fact, our mission partners in Guatemala, Nepal, and Myanmar all fall under the umbrella of Disciple Makers. And what God has been doing through this ministry is phenomenal. Listen to this. As of today, DMI has planted about 1,150 churches, and they've seen approximately 25,000 baptized believers come to faith in Christ. Praise God, and we get to be part of that. We have one more global partnership that's based in the U.S., 
we support a Bible translator named Zhenya Shved. Over a period of 17 years, uh, Zhenya and his family lived in Ukraine. Heard about Ukraine a lot in the news over the last couple years. Uh, but Zhenya led a team that translated the complete Bible into the Crimean Tatar language. It took 17 years. Now today, Zhenya and his wife Amy live in Tennessee. And he oversees multiple teams translating the Bible into multiple languages. Okay, we need to pick up the pace. Let's fly down to the Caribbean, to the country of Dominican Republic. Now, in uh, the Dominican, we partner with a mission, Eastern Dominican Christian Mission. And back in 2008, Plum Creek helped plant a church in the city of La Romana. And from there, the work has grown to include many other church plants, as well as schools and medical clinics and a water filtration plant. Now, let's fly across, uh, across the Caribbean over to Central America, to the country of Guatemala. Some of you know Tom and Sheila Anderson. Tom and Sheila are former members of Plum Creek, and they oversee the Puentes Training Center. Now, at Puentes, young adults from Latin America are trained to become missionaries to the least reached parts of the earth. And this is very cool. We have churches in Central America that are now sending missionaries instead of receiving missionaries. I love that. All right, let's uh, skip across the Atlantic Ocean and fly over to Northern Africa. This is that country that I won't mention here because this mission is very sensitive. I can't tell you the names of our missionaries. I can't tell you the exact location. Um, we actually use a code for this country. We call it liberty. Less than 1% of the libertine people are Christians. And our group on the ground, our team, is working to establish a church among the libertines. It's a tough job. All right, let's head over to Asia, to the country of India. Uh, the majority of people in India are of the Hindu faith. Jay and Ramala Henry, who are from India, they lead a ministry called Bethlehem Living Water. And this ministry is based in central India. Bethlehem Living Water operates uh, several ministries, including Bethlehem Bible College, which over the years has trained hundreds of church planters and other leaders uh, they also have an eye hospital, uh, an orphanage, Christian media production, and other outreach programs. Next door to India, we have Nepal. And this is another place where the work is very sensitive. Uh, just a few years ago, there were only a handful of Christians in Nepal. Um, today, though, the church is exploding. It's like the book of Acts happening right here in our time. Now let's uh, stop over in Myanmar. Plum Creek supports the work of the Missionary Training Center, which is located in the city of Yangon. Uh, this is a school that trains evangelists to go out and plant churches in unreached areas in this country that is 90% Buddhist. Now this ministry was founded by Victor Mang. Victor passed away several years ago and now the work has continued under Niang Mang, Victor's widow, as well as other leaders. Last but not least, we'll fly down to Australia. Plum Creek has a partnership with Southern Cross Ministries, which was started in 2003 by Jim and Becky Newman. 
And that ministry was started to plant new churches and train church leaders. And you might have noticed a theme here, planting churches. Plum Creek has been intentional about that. So there you go. That's our whirlwind tour around the world. And I encourage you to pray about this. Uh, Ask God to lead you to some specific areas, specific missions, specific ways where you can get involved, either by praying or sending or going. And by the way, don't rule out actually going. Uh, We have a goal that all of our mission partners will get a visit from Plum Creek every three to five years. And later this year, we're sending a team to Myanmar. I'm going on that trip. I'm excited about that. Last year, we visited Australia and North Africa and a Disciple Makers ministry in Honduras. Next year, in 2025, we're planning a trip to the Dominican Republic. Now, if you don't go, that's okay. You can pray. You can send. And for all of the prayers and senders, I highly recommend that you get to know at least one of our mission partners. And you can learn more about these partners at our website, plumcreek.org. You can also scan the QR code next to the flags in your bulletin. So over the last month, we've looked at God's mission and His heart. We've looked at what God's been doing for the last 2,000 years And we've looked at specific ways to join God in His work. Now, as we wrap up this sermon series, I want to remind you of one last challenge. Right now, we all have a special opportunity to make an impact for God's kingdom locally, regionally, and globally, all at the same time. We're calling this our Acts 1-8 offering. And if you haven't heard about this, our Acts 1-8 offering is focused on three initiatives Uh, First, we're supporting the work of Camp Northward. Uh, The director of the camp, Nathan DeRico, was here last week, and and he shared um, some of the things about the camp, uh, what God's doing there. Um, But he also told us we're going to help, with this offering, build an octagon swing area. And this is a place where campers will connect to each other and also connect to God. So uh, that's an exciting thing. The second part of this offering will go to provide scholarships for Plum Creek mission trips. And this means we can remove barriers, financial barriers, to help people follow God's call to go. Finally, the third initiative is a project in the country of Myanmar. And as I mentioned, our partners in Myanmar, they lead the Missionary Training Center. And there's an amazing story here. Uh, Victor Mang started this, min- this ministry uh, years ago, and as I said, Victor, he passed away about 10 years ago. But before he died, Victor had a vision that the school would have a dedicated building where these missionaries would be trained. And Victor actually helped dig the footers for that building, but now, after 10 years, there's been no progress. However, with this Acts 1-8 offering, we can help make that building a reality. And I'm super excited about this because when our team goes to Myanmar in the fall, we hope to break ground for the new Missionary Training Center facility. Now, our goal for this offering is $15,000. The total will be divided evenly among each project. And you can give to the Acts 1-8 offering from today through next Sunday. So we got uh, about a week here. 
And if you'd like to give, you can go to plumcreek.org slash special offering or scan the QR code on the screen. It's also in your bulletin, and it is correct this week. And for everyone who's already given toward this offering, I want to say thank you. We're already off to a great start. And for all of you who will give over the next week, I want to thank you in advance. Uh, this is where we're going from here. We are the church, and we're joining the work that God is doing in the world. And we are pursuing this mission from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Father, it's, it's an amazing privilege that we have to first be in this restored relationship with you through Jesus, but then also to be part of the work that you're doing, this, this vital mission that is on your heart. So, Lord, I pray that you will, again, help us align with your heart and that you will equip us and empower us and give us the wisdom and discernment and direction for how we will be involved Lord, we, uh, we want to represent you well. We want to be witnesses that tell the story, the good news of Jesus. And we want to see more and more people come to faith, come to salvation. Lord, thank you. We pray that you'll help us in this. In Jesus' name, amen.